0: Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians and we looked at uh, about being sanctified being uh, I guess shaped and molded more and more into the image of Jesus with ever increasing glory that we have to stand firm in the word of God and I want to continue with that because Thessalonians is all about that it seems as though Paul gives us clues written in the word you know instructions on how to live and sometimes that can be really tough because we don't like to talk about some stuff Um, so today i'm praying won't so much as be tough but may actually bring us closer to god in the way that we live yeah we have all of him already we're already saved you know we live for him because each and every day we realize how much he actually paid for us when he died on the cross as that reality grows we can't help but live For him and with him, and it can't. In that, it actually starts to shape our behavior. We're not out to change behavior. We're not. Got married. Mel wasn't out to change my behavior. I wasn't out to change hers. But over time, you know, there are things that have changed because I know she prefers some things some way, you know, and I'd prefer some things. Does that make sense to people? You know, if a woman prefers the toilet seat down, a man prefers it up eventually someone's going to compromise yeah is that true no people that have never been there before like i'm telling you there's stuff you've got to compromise all the time you know but we won't get into that here we already got another counseling session to organize so <laughs> father i just pray that you would speak um lord through me as your speaker today lord that there would be words of life that actually you would draw us to a place god lord you call us to be holy and Father, I know it's not in what we do, it's in all that you are. Lord God, I just say, make us more like your Son, Jesus. So speak to us this morning, in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. So we read from First Thessalonians chapter 4. I'm going to read it again, verse 1 to verse 12. It'll be on the screen. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living, so there's instruction, okay? Now, we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, set apart, made holy, yeah? That you should avoid sexual immorality, names it, actually flat out names it. That each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honourable, not in passionate lust like the pagans, who do not know God, not in um, I've got verse five written twice, keep going, verse six, and in and that in this matter no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. It's actually really important and, and it's interesting that they go side by side, yeah, you know, with so many things that have happened incorrectly in clubs, communities, churches over many years, yeah. And that in this matter, again, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins. Sins, the thing that separates us and continues to separate us from God when we continue in them. As we told you and warned you before. Verse 7, for God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. So if you don't like instruction, probably a good time to rip that page out therefore anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being but god really a good time to rip out the page the very god who gives you his holy spirit now about your love for one another we do not write to you for you yourselves have been taught by god to love one another so paul he encourages the church he commends them you yourself have been taught by god to love each other verse 10 and in fact You do love all of God's family throughout Macedonia, yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. Do you know he's talking to Christians? To lead a quiet life. Oh, This will be fun when I get there later. You should mind your own business and work with your hands just as we told you so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anyone. And last week... For those that were here, if you weren't here, I'm just going to encourage you to to jump online and have a listen. Last week we actually were talking about our grounds and how normally they're pristine and now there's lots of long grass and some weeds and thorns. And I shared how the that, that picture, what's normally actually quite beautiful, is probably unrecognizable. And the truth is that there are many Christians that are like that that looked pristine for a time, but because We've allowed, they've allowed weeds and thorns to grow up in and around their life, like our grounds at times that are being worked on, amen, thank you for volunteers, um, can be unrecognizable. Yeah, I shared that. That's a tragedy. But you and I, we need to stand firm to cut out the weeds, to cut out the thorns, because Thessalonians is a call for a fresh start. It's a call towards holiness. That nothing else matters more than the reality that you and I are actually being... You've got to get this. We are being transformed into the image of Jesus. And that, that's awesome. Not the image of Sylvester Stallone or, or Schwarzenegger or whoever's got a buff body today, right? Not in those images, right? But in the image of Jesus. More and more, daily, moment by moment, we're being transformed into the image of Jesus. We're being made holy, we're being set apart, you know. They're good things. And all of that is a work of God. It's nothing that you and I can do. We can't we can't manufacture that stuff, how it works in our lives and how it shapes us. We can't do that. It's God and God alone, but it only happens, we talked about last week, in a loving relationship with Him. It's about abiding in His love, about abiding in the vine. Because First Thessalonians five twenty three and this is just a really quick summary just to get to where I want to get to and, and kick off. It reads, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. You know, this is a work of God himself, the sanctification work that's being done in us. It's not us doing it, it's God and it's God alone. Amen? Being sanctified actually affects every part of our body. It's not a part of us that's not touched. It's not a part of us that's not worked on. It's, it's all of us. He doesn't leave anything out. And he's doing that so that we may be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus. I love that. That means there are times you and I, we have to be prepared because he wants to prune you. I, I'm not a great gardener. Most people that are part of Family Life Church know that. I, I hack into things. Often my secateurs, if I'm even pronouncing the ro- word correctly they're rusted closed you know i've tried wd-40 in the end i go buy another cheap pair leave them in the rain as well you know like um i'm not i'm not a a great gardener but god actually comes and he wants to prune parts of our life that aren't right yeah he he actually wants to mold us and cut us so some of that stuff is strenuous some of that stuff can actually pinch and hurt you know like a bad analogy most needles are good for you right yeah so i'm trying to cover everyone and wherever you sit on the vaccination table most needles are good for you but when they go in for that second they hurt yeah like who's one of those my son hates it gets a needle has to look away the last time mel and i went for a needle while i was taking a needle i closed my eyes and i look away so she takes a photo that makes me look <laughs> petrified no not funny Like, I'm actually trying to overcome the fear of the pain for the needle that's going to benefit me before I go overseas anyway, you know what I mean? So there are times that God wants to do stuff to shape us. What we have to understand is that he's the farmer, he's the vine, we're the branches. We just have to stand firm in that. So the call last week was don't let the weeds grow, don't don't, don't let the thorns grow, because all they're going to do is spoil the very thing that matters the most, and that's becoming more like Jesus. Yeah? yeah. so you and I we have to work with him we, you know, we, we have to cooperate with him because if you fight him he's a gentleman he will not do it Yeah, he won't do what he wants to do if you fight him so we have to allow Father God to actually be this is a scary thought because we don't actually put thought into this but if you think about what it means he has to be the head of our lives the decision maker of our lives yeah it's hard giving over control to someone that you can't see unless you've got a deep intimate relationship with him and and with god we've got to allow him to reign supreme and and let's hold nothing back no thing back from him because at the end of the day and this now we're starting to get where the rubber is going to hit the road there are no secrets from god not a single brass razo, not a thought, nothing that can be hidden. It's not that you can hide it in copper, you know, or kryptonite, and you can't see it, you can't see through lead, it's not like that. God actually knows and sees everything. Hebrews 4.13 says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. That means even the parts of me that wobble, that shouldn't wobble, that you don't want to see, that I see, Right? Come on, now you're thinking, I wish you didn't paint that picture. The point is nothing. Nothing in your life is hidden from God. Nothing. Even the, the stuff that you like, the stuff that you don't like, nothing is hidden from God. He actually sees it all. Absolutely all of it. Everything is uncovered and laid bare, I love the wording, before the eyes of him whom we must give an account. It's a really powerful scripture. And you think about all the the, the horrific stories that we hear from around the world, yeah? particularly over the last few years, Hollywood. Yeah? If it's not Hollywood and all, all the stuff that's happening there, people have taken advantage of people. Then you hear about stuff that's happened in churches in the past or, or politicians, these horrific stories over and over from all over the world have taken place for years. Do you know the world didn't suddenly get bad? It actually started going wrong from Genesis 3. Back then, when mankind first stuffed up, it started started to go wrong. So, So in that sense, the world isn't getting any worse, even though we've got all these stories all around us. It's just behaving like it always has for a very long time. Here's my point. Why all of a sudden are we hearing of it more and more? Here's my thought, my suggestion. I'm just throwing it out there. It's because God is exposing sin. God is exposing the stuff. If you don't like the word sin, that's okay. He's exposing the stuff that keeps us separate from him, that stops us drawing close to him. He's starting to expose that because he wants us in his family, not only in his family, but he wants us in a deep, intimate, transparent relationship with him. So he's exposing stuff all around the world. And you know what? That's actually a really good thing. It is a. It, think of it like this: When you discover that a a, a Christian brother or sister has got an addiction or, or, or has an, a is in an affair, yeah, that was a good thing the moment it got exposed. The exposure is a good thing. The bad thing is the addiction. The bad thing is, is the affair, but. Because there's a lot of damage that's done, and and by the grace of God, He can undo those changes. But it's a good thing when sin, the stuff in our lives that separates us from Him, when that stuff separates us from God, it's a good thing when it's exposed. Because at that point, right now, now we can actually go to God. Think about you—you're with people, You're, you're having a coffee, you're over someone's house for dinner. You'd like to have a joke, you jest, jest, all that sort of stuff, but you say something that's totally inappropriate. You cross the line. You've offended someone. Anyone been there? I do it daily. <laughs> Not even once a week. Daily. I often hear my wife say, if anyone's going to cross the line, it's my husband. Why do I do that? I don't do it on purpose, but look, the benefit of you that are, that are here, that are watching at home, is that you can look at me and go, if that's the pastor, then we're doing all right. Yeah? It's to give you hope. But think about it. You say you say something, you're something foolish. You lose your temper, like you you know you lose your, just at that moment. I I had a moment, and my eldest daughter will tell you we were at my mother's house. We were there for whose birthday? Samuel's birthday. So all the family was there, and Faith and I we clashed, and I lost my temper. Like I lost my. I had to apologize. Faith came in and said, "What you said." hurt me she knows this we've spoken she goes what you said actually really really hurt me and I said well I didn't mean to hurt you but she goes don't don't otherwise I just leave and at that moment I had a I had a moment and I snapped I said will you I go just leave then go and get out and then I walked inside and had all these people going what have you done what did you say I said I was the dad I fixed it where is she I don't care she got for a walk Deep down inside, you know, oh my goodness, i oh, she comes back, you know. An hour and a half later, I had to, when it was quiet, I took her aside and apologise. apologized. And I've apologized another time since then and we're good. Yeah, but imagine that you're one of those people that has a moment where you've done something, said something, sometimes that's actually a good thing. Because what occurs, what's happening is the Holy Spirit is exposing something within us. Something that can separate us from God. Sin, if you like the word. Something that separates you from God, if you don't like the word sin. The stuff that's in us that's not quite right, that's NQR. And at that moment, bang, it gets exposed. So there's a character revealing moment. So we can either feel ashamed and embarrassed and run away or... or if we're in an intimate relationship with God, where He set us apart, He's doing a work in us, He's sanctified us, He's shaping us into the image of His Son with ever-increasing glory, it's at that point we go, no, we don't have to run away. In fact, freely, I'm going to run into His arms. And I'm going to say, you know what? Daddy, Abba, Father, whatever you call God, I'm sorry. Man, I was an idiot. I was so stupid, I can't believe I said that. And may even... like I needed to go to my daughter Faith, we might have to go up to that person or to that family and say, you know what, when I said that and when I did that, I I, I really, I apologise. I should never have acted that way. You know what, we don't have to be embarrassed. You know, we don't have to justify our actions. We just have to say sorry because something was exposed. It's a good thing. It brings us to a place where it can be acted on yeah it's a good thing when God's working in us in that way I mean there are just way too many secrets in the Christian world everywhere way too many and people will never experience all that God has for them while they hold on to those secrets my old pastor used to say just keep sweeping it under the carpet just keep doing it. No one will know, except for you and God. But eventually, the lump under the carpet will be big enough that you trip over it, and all will be exposed. Yeah? You know, this is a work that God is going to complete in us. He's going to complete it in us. I, I-, I love that. And-, and for many of us, we might think, you know what, we're-, we're-, we're by far, we're a long way from being a finished product. You know? But 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, and we all, With unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory. Are we are, regardless of where you think you are, you are being transformed into His image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. I don't know who that's for, but someone needs to take hold of that today. You are being transformed into His likeness with ever increasing glory. That means if you've been a Christian two days today, you are more in the image of jesus than when you were yesterday if you've been walking with him for 20 years you are more today being shaped into the image of jesus than when you first said yes every day we're being shaped every day he's pruning every day he's cutting every day he's molding we just need to walk in that relationship and trust that the work that god has started in us he's going to finish because doesn't he promise that in philippians 1 6 being confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I love that. God is going to complete a good work in you and I, the work that he started in us. He's going to complete those things. But the sanctification, the setting apart, I don't know about you, but when you read from verse 1, there's a couple of words in the first two verses. Now we ask you and urge you. And then verse 2, for you know what instructions we gave you. I urge instructions. It's God's way. It seems to be for me. Yeah, God's God's will that a way, and, and the way that he makes for us to growing sanctification is through his word. He wants to make us more like Jesus. So yes, the Holy Spirit speaks to us and convinces us within our heart, but also he does it as you read the word and he gives us instructions and he gives us clues, yeah, If you like, they're not so much Easter eggs because these aren't hidden, yeah? But they're there so that as we apply the word of God to our lives, we continue on this journey of being set apart, being sanctified in Jesus' name. We just need to stand firm in him. And for me, as I read Thessalonians, there are a couple of things that he mentions, but one of the key areas here, and I don't talk about it a lot, church doesn't talk about it a lot, is sexuality. He spends... A huge chunk of this letter, yeah, talking about the need for sexual purity in the church. I don't know what anybody else thinks, but in today's day and age, I believe it's an area that still needs to be talked about. I I do. We've got to be careful. This is my LMCT, you know, my disclaimer. We've got to be careful we don't make the Bible a list of do's and don'ts you know the ten commandments aren't a list of to's and don'ts yeah you've you got your first three that's showing us how to love god better and more you've got the last six that's showing you how to love people better and more and you've got the fourth one that says to keep the sabbath which really is an opportunity to stop and meditate and say how well are we loving god how well are we loving people the bible's not about a set of do's and don'ts it's about how do we love god more how do we love people more and if god's put me on this earth and he says i can live an abundant life what does that look like you know mankind is the same yesterday today and forever and that's why i i don't think mankind's changed it feels like it was only yesteryear that people were celebrating hugh hefner what a great bloke playboy culture like the guy was lifted up as some sort of, you know, entrepreneurial hero. I don't get that because then we have incidences like the horror stories from all over the world. I wonder what fueled what, yeah? And then we get to sexual purity, sex outside, I'm choosing these words very carefully, sex outside of a covenant agreement, yeah? sex outside of a covenant agreement that stuff will eventually separate you from god it just does trust me on it if if, a really poor analogy if i take take this beautiful plant and i plant it here because there's some great fertilizer and I plant it here because there's some awesome nutrients that, I, that, I, that I've just put in. And I plant it there because I've put some compost and stuff. Eventually, as much as the plant loves it all, it's going to die because I keep moving it from one place to the next. A covenant relationship, I'm not even going to talk about the piece of paper. Yeah, if, someone's in a, if someone makes a promise to someone, I believe sexual purity means God said make a covenant with someone live with them and you know what i'm going to give you the gift of sex go for it have fun but in this day and age when we jump from the compost to the fertilizer to the nutrients to the guidance when all of that to the good when all of that happens we're leaving part of ourselves everywhere and we're actually separating ourselves from having a deep intimate relationship with god I know it's hard to hear, but I don't think sex outside of a covenant relationship. And let's face it, we're not perfect. We all make mistakes. We all do stuff. Yeah, I'm not talking about one mistake. I'm talking about, you know, jump, 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 jump." Oh, that's what I'm talking about. So I know. I mean I've been married twice, but often when I'm with people, I go, "How long have you been married for?" They go, 35 years." I joke, I go, really? That's awesome, I've been married 29. Mel goes, no, you haven't, only 20. The other nine, remember? Nothing's perfect. We all make mistakes. Even in marriage, things aren't always right. We've got to work in a marriage. We've got to make sure that, you know, in a marriage, we're right, husband and wife, partners, together are right with Father God, yeah? We've got to know that we're right with Abba. We need to make sure that we're treating each other well. Do I do that well all the time? No, my boys will tell you that sometimes I trip over and fall. And then I've got to go back and I, 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 I have to ask for forgiveness. And because and I'm, I'm the last of the romantics, I buy an expensive dollar chocolate to try to buy her love back, you know? Sometimes it works. It was a dollar well spent. <laughs> But even in marriages there are there are horror stories there are failures yeah and that's tragic but there's always hope in jesus it's always hope yeah. you know when when sex takes place outside of a covenant relationship continually yeah it's never safe it's never safe outside of that covenant relationship It's just not and, and we live in a world today that basically reduces everything to the lowest common denominator it just does you know if you if you don't have this if you don't have that it's a bad thing and and the world basically says it's actually in fact you know what everything's okay it's okay anything anything is okay as long as it's you know amongst a couple of consenting adults that's okay as long as it's consenting adults but you know what i actually think the bible begs to differ it's not about the consenting adults it's about the consenting adults in a covenant relationship yeah And I'm not saying that there's not going to be troubles and turmoil and failures down the track. The Bible says the only safe way, the good way to handle the gift, the wonderful gift of sexuality is through covenant relationship. And in that covenant relationship, you know what? It's amazing. You get two consenting adults in that covenant relationship. Amazing that that would happen. You know, that is the only safe way to handle sexuality according to the Bible. You know, the world says it's just a piece of paper. It's just a decision. It's just, you know, you've just decided to spend some time together. No, no, it's not that. It's a covenant relationship before our holy God. It's before our holy God. And so I would say stand firm. Stand firm. Stand firm. You know, there are many who don't care what God thinks about covenant relationship they want to redefine everything I'm not here to argue that but I I don't see it in scripture anywhere I just don't I do see a very clear direction in the word of God though you know people try to make the Bible say something that it doesn't actually say you know we need to be able to interpret the Bible and interpret it well and wisely let me give you a warning beware of people particularly in this season, right, all around the world, it's happening today, that come out with, I've been studying the Bible. Oh, really? That's great. And I think, so now they're about to debunk over 2,000 years worth of theological study because they decided that they were going to read the Word of God and all of a sudden, everything that, that's been taught and learnt over the years by people who have just lived in it, got a relationship with God have shared their heart, all of a sudden now, all of that's completely wrong, just because they decided to study the Bible, you know what? Beware of those people, I'm putting it out there beware of those people the word of God's plain, you can't make the Bible say something that the author never intended it to say Yeah, and Thessalonians is such a beautiful book, but it's a hard book, because it's calling us to a pure and holy life A pure and holy life. You think about it, a few years ago, the Vice President of America was mocked because he actually came out and said that he follows the Billy Graham rule. Who knows what the Billy Graham rule is? Ever heard it? It's really simple, right? The Billy Graham rule, never eats alone with a woman, never travels alone with a woman. So the Vice President said, I follow the Billy Graham rule and he was mocked. Do you know what? If everything that's happening in the world right now The Billy Graham rule actually has a stack of wisdom. With child safe, church safe, this safe, that safe, all of that safe, we're not even supposed to give youth a lift home unless there's two leaders, just for safety. If we're catching up with the opposite sex, to the best of our ability, maybe we should use some wisdom, and this is where brotherly love comes in, right? Maybe we should use some wisdom and do it in an open place because we want to avoid the appearance of evil, not because there's an evil intent. Yeah, people, it's not a list of do's and do's, but how can I love my brother or sister in the best way that someone won't talk about them or talk about me or talk about the church? It is the visual. We all need to make you know, sure that we have wise boundaries with relations to one another. We have to love one another. There is a wise boundary that I hate. Sorry for all my Baptist friends. The Baptist church loved this side hug. They love the side hug. They don't want the front hug because then it means a woman's parts touch your parts and maybe you're going to hold on too long. I don't know. I'm Italian. You're offending me. I don't want to hug your side. I want to give you a hug, brother or sister. It's the one part of this child's, all of this stuff that does my head in. You know, like common sense has just flown out the window with the birdies. But, but, that's that's just me. I'm just sharing my heart, yeah? verse 4 says that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honourable holy and honourable you know the best thing that we can do because I think that if we have people in our lives that are living promiscuously I don't know how to put it right if we've got people that are living outside of covenant marriage and they're just going from one plant bed to the next you know what we need to do we need to love them And 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 says that we need to love them even more. Yet the the church seems to be so loud about it, yet we're about to get to a scripture that says we should be, in particularly when it comes to community life, we should be living a quiet life that our actions speak. Why is it that, that the church is known for what it's against rather than what it is and what it's for? Man! Absolutely so. The best thing for our loved ones, for those closest to us, those around us, is to help them work through the weeds and the thorns that are surrounding their life that ultimately will take away the seed of the kingdom. You know, we want to make sure that those that we know that are living that way, that we love them and that we love them some more and that we love them some more and that we pray for them and that we pray that Jesus will sanctify them through and through their whole body, their whole soul, their whole spirit. Because you know what I've learned over the years? If you give your life to Jesus, you can't give him a part of it. You have to, because that's all he wants, give him all of it, all of it. C.S. Lewis is awesome. Ever read Mere Christianity? I'll read a part of it if you haven't. Cool. It says, and, and I think this is what Paul is trying to say to us. When I was a child, I often had a toothache. And I knew if I went to my mother, she would give me something to deaden the pain for that night and let me get some sleep. But I did not go to my mother, or at least not until the pain became very bad And the reason I did not go was this. I did not doubt that she would give me the aspirin, but I knew that she would also do something else. I knew she would take me to the dentist the next morning. I could not get something out of her without getting something more that I didn't want. I wanted immediate relief from pain, but I could not get it without my teeth being set permanently right. And I knew those dentists, they would start to niggle around all those other teeth that hadn't even started to ache yet. They would not let sleeping dogs lie. If you gave them an inch, they would take a mile. He continues, he writes, If I can put it this way, our Lord Father Abba is like the dentist. If you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. Dozens of people go to him, cured of one particular sin that they're ashamed of, which is obviously spoiling their daily life, like bad temper or drunkenness, he will cure it all right, no problem, but he will not stop there. That may be all you asked, but if once you call him in, he'll give you the full treatment. C.S. Lewis nailed it, didn't he? And I think that's what Paul's talking about when it comes to our sexuality. If I'm a follower of Jesus, yes, he's forgiven my sins and now he's, it's almost like fitting out a new car. He's now fitting me for heaven. He's adopted me into his family. He's blessed me in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. So for me, in this very part of my life, I want to make sure that I'm sanctified. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. It doesn't mean that I don't make mistakes. But I need to allow him to do a work in me. We need to stand firm in this place no matter how you feel even when you feel impure there are weeds all around us that god wants to cut away there are thorns that he wants to strip away he wants us to have a fresh start there's no sin no thing that cannot be overcome by him what's that old hymn my hope is built on nothing less but jesus blood and righteousness thank god for him i love love it that he actually cleans us up and then he encourages us and he tells us in the word go and sin no more you know one of the greatest struggles in christianity today actually in the world today is pornography it's everywhere and you might actually think it's not all that far away you know what you could almost I'm, i'm prepared to go on a limb here You could almost, guaranteed, I reckon in the 90 percentile group, right, you could almost always look to at least one person. If there's three of you, at least one of you has looked at pornography. I've had the struggle. I've had to take it to the Lord. I've had to share it with friends. And you know what? It's a struggle that doesn't just die. The enemy's not stupid. It's like a snake that keeps rearing its head. And you have to keep killing it over and over and over again even recently i had a young person say i'm just coming because i'm not ashamed but i want to deal with i'm just letting you know i've been looking at pornography but i'm confessing it so that i have the power to overcome it because the bad thing is the pornography the good thing is the exposure because then we can go to the lord and say you know what i need some help here because When you look at pornography, I'm telling you what God does. You go to worship God and those pictures start to flood your mind and you can't even see God. So there you are sifting through the pornography pictures while you're trying to focus on a holy God. We've got to deal with whatever lust has crept in. We need to deal with it, bring it to God so he can smash it in Jesus' name. It's a good thing for a church to be pure. It's a good thing for you and I to be pure doesn't mean we're perfect yeah we're being made into the image of jesus with ever increasing glory that means we're not there yet you've overcome something today you're not there yet but that's okay you now you're you're more like jesus today overcome something the next thing you're more like jesus the next day that's how it works i mean imagine how powerful the church would be if the secrets were all dropped people were real people came to the altar friend, brother, sister, pastor, whatever it is, I need some prayer. Why? I'm struggling with this. I got caught here. I'm struggling with that. I need you to take this from me. Do you know, there's a reason I believe we experience worship here at Family Life Church the way that we do. Yes, I'm biased. Unashamedly biased of this place. But when we come with authenticity, an openness, a vulnerability that says, God, I've got this stuff in my life It's not right, but I want you to deal with it. And now we're worshipping, all that stuff's sort of to the side of us, it's behind us, we're constantly wading through, pulling out weeds, but now we're we're coming totally vulnerable. Man, our worship's powerful, because it's not that stuff clouding the God that we're trying to worship. I love that this church is the bend in the river, Where the river flows, the Holy Spirit flows, and all the broken people stop here to be healed. I love that. Because we're a safe place. Safe place for people to actually be vulnerable and then be restored in Jesus' name. Where they can be revealed and God can be glorified because of the work that He's done in a brother or sister. Jesus sets us free. I want to honour the church, this church, for the way that people have embraced that message over the years, for the way people have grown in vulnerability, for the way that people still, and we used to laugh because it was at one point our whole board, every single person on our board was in, in, at that time was actively seeing Mike Skews, our local Christian counsellor. Not one of us or two of us. There was like seven of us, eight of us, all of us were going to see Mike at different times. Mate, no wonder why when we open up the altar here and people start singing, people experience the presence of God because there's a vulnerability and openness. There's something that God now can move in because we're living a pure life. It's not about the pure life and what we're doing, but it's allowing God to do a work in us that sets us apart and sanctifies us. It's family at its best. Then you get brotherly and sisterly love. That's all part of sanctification. One of the greatest works of being set apart by God yeah he's loving one another even when we disagree like man i walk into a thousand churches and share something and i'll be chased out the door so much for loving me when we disagree i've got to finish on this because i'm over time but i want to mention this quiet life first thessalonians verses 11 and 12 of chapter 4 and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life this is so important for us as christians as believers. You should mind your own business and work with your hands. Please don't get this wrong. That doesn't mean that we don't protest. It doesn't mean that we don't have a prophetic edge, that we can speak into the community. When this was written in context, there was a commentator that wrote back in 1998, and it's, it's, it's relevant to a degree, I believe, in our culture now, but he said the problem with Thessalonica was the tendency for political strife, right? Right? And the turmoil in public matters leading to violence. That was the context. So the word here says, make it your ambition to live a quiet life. Yeah? In other words, let your actions speak. When you're loving on people, allow them to speak. If God calls you into an arena where you need to speak, then speak well. Yeah? Use the God given gift that's on you. And, and because the, the peace and, and the quiet life that comes, that's God's holy order. And when God's holy order is in play, that answers so much of the strife and problems that are in our communities today rather than people pointing the finger, yeah? We need to love on each other. Our job as the church is peace, isn't it? We're the salt of the earth, yeah, amen? If you go to my home, you're a very salty earth. My mum's lost her salt tape. Makes a lasagna interesting. You know, I don't believe here at Family Life Church that we're ever going to allow anybody to manipulate us or twist us or take us off in a weird direction, ever. We're going to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. We won't be dragged away from that. And we're going to allow him to sanctify us. And we're going to allow him to make us more into the image of his son Jesus. Why don't we stand main thing is not rules main thing is not do's and don'ts one of the main things is how well we love God and allow him to love us one of the main things is how well we love each other the main thing is this that you and I every moment of every day are becoming more like Jesus so with every eye closed I want to pray this prayer for us that we would be the church, that we would love one another, that we would share our faith, that we would send people out with a prophetic edge to speak words of affirmation, of warmth, of strengthening each other, that we would be and continue to be a place of healing and prayer. And we will not, as far as I'm concerned, I will not allow the culture of this world to manipulate the culture of my fathers. We're standing for Jesus and we're standing together. So, Father, God, in this place right now, Lord, I know we're not perfect. God, I know that we all make mistakes. God, some of us, Father, Lord, make more mistakes than any of the others. But, God, you love us regardless, God. Lord, while we were still separated from you, still sinners, you still chose to die on that cross for us to bring us back into your family. Lord, you have promised us an abundant life. Lord, you have given us clues, Lord, I guess instructions on how we can live that abundant life. Help us to step into that. Help us to be go-laborers with you. Help us to cooperate with you. Help us to allow you, Holy Spirit, to prune and cut where you need to. Help us to be sensible around the way that we use our bodies, God. Our sexual purity, if you will, Lord God. Help us to love one another well, Father, that when the world looks in, Lord, it's not the volume of our words, Lord God, but it's our actions. Our actions that they will want to run to and be a part of because they've discovered you in the middle of it all. Lord, help us to be your people, a pure people. Help us to be your people that will continue to be open, honest, and vulnerable. Lord God, that every time we raise our hands, every time we open our mouths, every time we worship you, God, there won't be pictures in the way that we have to wade through. But Father, you will be present. You will be there. And Lord, we will step into a place of your tangible presence. Lord God, start that revival. Revive, Lord, your spirit within us. Fan into into flame that that, 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 that ember that's within us that it may continue to grow that truly Lord God we would see something significant shift in our community, in our workplaces, in our, in our schools we thank you Father, we give you all the glory we give you all the honour, we love you with all of our being and all these people said let's stand firm together in Jesus name yeah, have a wonderful day Enjoy a coffee, a tea, enjoy your fellowship and um, enjoy some music. What can I tell you? The sun's out shining. If you like gardening, come to my house.